0: reach more people and do more things and of course he's going to be doing that through you all but it's an exciting time and it really goes back to the question the, the germane question that i'm asking here in this series is why am i here and the truth is you're here for a purpose god created you a because he loves you and b he has a purpose and a plan for your life there's a reason you exist there's a reason you're here god has this unique plan a unique strategy for your life and if the closer you get to him the more he's going to reveal that and everything that we do and everything he says, he wants to be a part of our lives. But it's on us to get close to him. As we draw closer to him and stay there, we will begin to see what he has for us. And it just takes time and faithfulness. Um, I want to tell you a little story this morning. Uh, God was talking to Adam. He was in the garden. And uh, Adam was sitting there talking to God. and God said, Adam, you know, I've been thinking it's not good for you to be alone. i want to tell you, I want to I bring a helpmate to you. She will be called woman, and she will be your friend. She will cook for you and clean for you. She will be kind. Hey, that's not funny. She will be kind. She will be gentle. She will be your helper. When you argue, she will be the first one to admit that you're always right. And Adam said, sounds pretty good. What's it going to cost me? The Lord said, an arm and a leg, and Adam said, what can I get for a rib? (laughs) And the rest is history. (laughs) Oh, man. Jimmy, you better escort me out. I may need a little help today. (laughs) We're talking today in this series, I've got one more week after this one. We're talking today about catalysts. And catalyst is a scientific term, and and you've heard a catalyst. Many of you, some of you vaguely remember uh, geometry, vaguely remember science in school, and a catalyst was something that causes a reaction. It's, It's something that makes things happen. The scientific term is a catalyst is a stimulus to change somebody or something that makes a change happen and brings about an event. A catalyst is something that makes change happen. And I am convinced more than ever in my life as a believer, and particularly at this stage of my life, that we need a catalyst in our life to bring about change. Otherwise, we just stay status quo. And as I was studying the scripture this week, I began to realize that the catalyst for change in our lives is really Jesus. It's really the Holy Spirit. It's really the presence of God. It's God being a part of our life. And when he is involved in our life, he brings about change. But I don't want to just tell you that. I want to show you that in scripture. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Today is a roadmap for helping you find out what God has called you to do. Today is about you. It's about you finding your place in the body of Christ. It's about you beginning to discover the gifts and the talents and the callings that God's put in you. But that's not going to happen unless there's a catalyst involved. There has to be a catalyst. Look at your notes or look on the screen or open your Bible. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Come what? What does Jesus say? Come. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Another version says, come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Mark 2, verses 14 said this. As Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Jesus turned to him and said, follow me. And Levi Levi got up and followed him. Mark 10, verse 21 says this. Jesus looked at him and loved him. This was someone that had come to him and said, Lord, you know, I've got this great plan. How do I do all these different things? And, and Jesus looked at him, and he saw into his heart, and this is what Jesus said. One thing you lack. He said, go sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure, treasure in heaven. And then what did he say? Then come, follow me. John 1, 43 says this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Me. And I would charge you today, I would say today that the greatest catalyst in your life is going to be where your faith and your relationship intersects with Jesus. And this is the call to every one of us. Jesus says, Come, follow me. Come and follow me. And I want you to understand it's, it's, it's easy for us to stand back and look at the Bible and realize that Jesus was calling the disciples, but understand this. When he called them, they left what they were doing, and they went and followed him. I mean, imagine for a minute that you're you're Levi, you know, and, and you're a tax collector. He's a CPA. He's out. It says he's actually at his job. And Jesus walks by his place of work, and he's in there working. He's doing his job. And Jesus says, come and follow me. And immediately he got up and left. He left his job to come and follow Jesus. Peter and the guys out fishing on the boat. They're out there fishing in the boat. Jesus walks by and says, Come follow me. And they leave their nets and they go follow him. I want you to understand something. Jesus is a catalyst in our lives. And this is not in your notes, but you can write this down. When you intersect Jesus and when you begin to grow co- closer to him, he's going to ask you to do things that are going to take you outside your comfort zone. It's going to happen. It's almost like when he begins to approach us in faith, when you really get to know him, he's going to ask you to do things that you're not necessarily comfortable with. Lord, what do you mean I have to teach this class? I don't know how to teach anybody, but he'll pull you into that. Lord, I don't know about serving. I don't know about being a greeter. I don't know about fill in the blank. And he's going to ask you to do things that are not necessarily things that you're comfortable with. Because see, the plan that he has for your life, even though it's going to use your gifts and abilities, it's going to require faith. It's going to take you outside of yourself some of you right now are going oh man this is going to be one of those sermons (laughs) but it's true see in order to you for you to figure out why you are here you need to come to the understanding and the realization that God is going to ask you to do things that are going to make you uncomfortable he's going to stretch you if it's easy anybody could do it you've heard that a hundred times in your life if it's easy, anybody could do it. And Jesus is saying, no, come follow me. And, and you're thinking, what does that even mean? Well, let's talk about that. There are a few ways for you to help find the passions that are in your life. These seeds that God has planted in you. Look at your notes. i want to ask you this first question. What keeps you awake when you should be falling asleep at night? What are some things that keep you awake? Your mind is going, what keeps you awake at night? The answer will expose what makes you mad, what makes you cry, what lingers in your mind when the world goes dark. At the end of the day, when you lay your head down on your pillow, what are you thinking about? What's going on in your mind? When you you think about maybe somebody you saw walking on the street and your heart just breaks for them or or maybe it was something you saw on TV or maybe it's a situation that you know that a friend's struggling with and it keeps you awake. It's a passion. Here's the other question. What wakes you up when you should be still sleeping in the morning? What excites you? I want to tell you, Every Sunday for me, I've said this before, but it's really true. 99% of the time, I cannot wait for Sunday morning. Saturday night starts coming around. I'm kind of like a quarter horse in a rodeo. Boy, I'm I'm getting ready. And and Sunday morning, you know, that alarm goes off. Sometimes I'm awake before the alarm. Sometimes I'm not. I am so, I can't wait to get up here. Sometimes the worship team's going. I'm saying, well, I wish they'd hurry up. (laughs) Because I just want to get up here and I want to share what God's showing me for you guys. It wakes me up in the morning and I'm excited about it. What is it in your life that you're excited to get up and do? Those are the kind of things. They're not drudgery to you. They're not, man, I've got to. It's, man, I get to. Those are passions in your life. And God puts those there for a reason. They're a reason those things are there. But we're going to ask ourselves today some questions that really matter. Because when you intersect Jesus and he becomes this catalyst in your life, there's things that begin to be stirred in your heart. And listen, this handout that I've given you today, and if you didn't get it, you need to get one. Take it home and answer these questions for yourself because it's going to help point you in the direction of why you're here. Here's the other thing I want you to do. Last week, eight people signed up to come meet with me to talk about what God's calling them to do and passions. That excites me. That thrills me. But there are more of you that need to come, and we're gonna discover this together for you, what God's calling you to do, and then help you slot that. So if you leave today and you've got those questions, you need to call the church or you need to get with Tana and set up a time to sit down with us. If you don't wanna sit down with me, sit down with Trisha. She's smarter than me anyway. (laughs) But sit down and let us work through this with you. And these questions are gonna be things that we're gonna talk about. I'm convinced. And I talked to the worship team about this Thursday night. Man, we had church Thursday night, didn't we, guys? It was awesome. Man, y'all, I want you to know, we're in here practicing for praise and worship, and the Spirit of God is moving on us. And we're in here weeping before the Lord. And and the presence of God is touching our lives. And we're sharing testimonies of things that have gone on during the week. I mean, we're having (laughs) pre-church. And I want you to know something. It's not a burden to any of us. It's one of our favorite days of the week when we get to come together and spend two, three, sometimes four hours just fellowshipping with each other and experiencing the presence of God and sharing what's going on. I want you to understand something. That is where you start to find the intersection of your passions and your gifts. Look at number one on your notes. What are your passions and your gifts? At the intersection of these two elements, you'll find your purpose in life. God has gifted you. He has given you gifts. He has given you specific abilities, things that you're naturally good at, things that you like to do. You say, Well, Pastor, all I like to do is cook. What does that have got to do with the kingdom of God? Let me tell you, God has put that gift in you so that it blesses people. Man, I look at the Norse's man. When I find out they're cooking something, Lord, I get excited. I think I think on the you know after the lord created thing he he probably sat up there and said I'm going to create Louisiana and I'm going to make those folks make they're going to cook better than anybody on the planet. Now don't ask what's in it. <laughs> Just eat it. <laughs> but it's true. I mean they've they've got this amazing wonderful gift of hospitality. That's a gift. God, God has gifted you. Some of you can paint. Some of you like to sing. Some of you love to teach. Some of you just like to greet people and talk to people. All those things you don't even think about, those are gifts. And the body of Christ needs those. The church needs those gifts. Some of you, and I don't understand it, love to change diapers. And I mean, you're like, oh, that I just love babies. They're just so, they spit up and, oh, it's precious. No, it's gross, Okay. But some people enjoy that. Bless them, Lord, we're thankful for them. But but you see what I'm saying? There's these different skill sets and gifts and abilities that God's given. Some of you are administrative. Some of you walk into an area and you see things that need, well, this needs to be straightened up and that needs to be done. That's a gift to the body of Christ. There's a reason that's in there for you. Then there are passions. There are passions. Number two, let me ask you this question. This is a great question. Ask yourself this question, what would you do, what would you want to work on or want to do for free? What would you want to work on or do for free? Wow. That is usually a good sign of what God has designed you to do. That's usually something, man, I'd do that if they didn't pay me anything. That's usually a sign of passion, isn't it? And it, a lot of times, it may be something that's really hard work, but you're just so passionate about it, you'd do it if they didn't pay you to do it. Let me ask you this question. Here's number three. This is interesting. What energized you when you were a child? What energized you when you were a child? You know, I think it's interesting if you can find somebody that they're, they've loved doing something their, and they get to do it as a grown up. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a quote, and I don't remember who said it, and I, I should have found it, that says, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. If you do what you love, you don't have to work a day in your life. I mean, and there are people like that, carpenters and plumbers and different people like that, that love what they do so much, it's not even like working. They just love it. When you were a child, the things that you thought about, does that still excite you or animate you? Knowing your calling is often directly connected to childhood passions and gifts. Isn't that interesting? You know, if you were to walk out on a school playground right now, let's say young kids, maybe kindergarten, first, second grade, if you were to walk out there and watch these kids on the playground and then you were able to fast forward 15 or 20 years, you would see those same personality traits that are there. The little girl talking to the other little girl off to the side of the playground that maybe is not being included, well, she'll probably grow up and be a nurse or be a teacher. The little boy that's running around like his hair's on fire, he'll probably be a pastor when he grows up. (laughs) You know, but you see these personality traits that are put in there, and they're there for a reason. That's God given. Some of them are more laid back over there reading a book. You know, they'll probably be, you know, who knows what. I mean, and you see this gifting in people. I mean, how many times have we sat around up here and we see these kids running around the hall and bouncing off the walls? I wonder what they're gonna be when they grow up. And those same passions that God's put in there, you know, one of the scriptures says that we are his masterpiece, handcrafted for good works, that he prepared beforehand. He handcrafted you. He gave you those gifts and abilities. He gave all that for you for a purpose. Even as a child, those things are placed in you. So I want to encourage you in something, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, nursery workers. You know, when you see these kids run around, don't try to change them. Try to guide them because God put a lot of that in there for a reason. Amen? Here's number four. I like this one. I think this is my favorite. If you could do anything and had to take a pay cut to do it, what would that be? If you could do anything that you wanted to do, but you had to take a pay cut to do it, what would that be? I want to tell you something, guys. You need to think about that. These are hard questions, but I want you to understand sometimes we get involved in life and and there may be things that God's calling you to do and you say, well, I can't do that because my job won't allow me to do that. Well, you know what? Maybe, Maybe it's time for you to really look at things in your job and say, well, can I work my schedule around? Are there some things that I can do differently? Some of you have said, well, when I retire, I'll be able to do this. Come on, some of you have said that. But I want you to understand, what what would it be? Write that passion down. We need to begin to identify some things for you. Listen to this, letter A under number four. You may have to blow up or modify your financial goals to ensure and pursue your true calling. You may have to modify some things to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. It's number five. What barriers are preventing you from pursuing your true calling? What are the things that stand in your way? For some of you, it may be education. Some of you need to go to class. For some of you, it may just be a few counseling sessions that you can get a focus around some of these things. But what are the things that are keeping you from achieving the goals and the passions that God's called you to do? You know, I'll never forget, years ago, I heard Gloria Copeland. She had been approached by someone Um, That wanted to be an attorney and I think at this time this woman was either in her late 40s or her 50s And she was talking to Gloria and she said Gloria, you know uh, I'm getting older now, but i've always had this passion and this desire to be an attorney. I've always wanted to be an attorney and she said but i'm starting to get older and and I don't know, you know I, I just don't know if I should pursue that or not and Gloria said something that I think was really profound simple but profound she said, uh, "Glory looked at her and said, well, can I ask you a question? So she said, sure. How old, uh, you know, it was gonna take her a few years to get this degree. How old are you gonna be five years from now? And she said her age, 55. She goes, well, you can be 55 and be an attorney or 55 and not be an attorney. And some of you need to realize that you just need to start working towards that goal. And said, say, well, Pastor, it may take me seven years. Well, where are you gonna be in seven years? Would you rather have that and be working towards that? Or are you just gonna let seven years go by and live with regret? You know, I have really, this has been one of the cornerstones of my life and I have no idea why it's here. But I have lived my life not wanting to live in regret. Not wanting to live in regret. To make sure I experienced the things that I wanted to experience. To not look back and go, man, I wish I would have fill in the blank." Because I don't want to be one of those guys one of these days sitting around the, the, the park square with the checkerboard going, yeah, back in the old days, I almost did this. No, I want to be the guy that's sitting around the, the checker table going, man, we better hurry up because we got to go do some stuff here in a little while. I want to be the guy that can look back and say, man, I'm so glad I took that chance. Because it is true, I would rather have tried and failed than not tried at all. That has been a cornerstone of my life. And I want you to know, there is something amazing, there is something awesome about being able to step out and be out on the water, you know, where Jesus is at. Because you can be in the boat, and you can maybe be looking out going, man, I wish I could walk on water. And Jesus is standing out there saying, come on, and but we fill in these excuses of why we don't want to do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm too old, I'm too young. I'll wait until I graduate from high school. I'll wait till I graduate from college. I'll wait till I fill in the blank. And yet God is calling us to step out of the boat. You know, I look right now in our congregation, I've seen over the last four years, Trish and I will be here four years here in a couple months. I look around this congregation and I see people that have begun to move into the ministry that God's called them to do. You know, I look at Barbie and and Marshall and I look at Barbie and just see the things that she's doing in her life. I look at Becky. I asked Becky this week, I'm sorry Becky, I can do this. I'm the pastor. (laughs) <laughs> anything you say can and will be used in a sermon at some point okay just be recognize that but but i was sitting with the creative team this week monica was in there and and tana was in there and and becky was in there we were talking about things and i just had a simple question i said on a scale from one to ten ten being the highest how would you rate how you feel in your personal fulfillment and what you're doing in your life and your relationship with god becky said ten plus 10 plus. And I said, why? And she said, so excited. I mean, I asked her the other day, I said, can we get somebody to help you with the screens? No. <laughs> and you've been around her. She's one of the sweetest spirited people I've ever met. But she is so passionate about what she does, and it shows, doesn't it? Look at this. Look at that. You know, I just give her my, and, and Becky, did you know how to do any of this stuff a few months ago? No. She just was excited and jumped in and look at her. And I think about all the different people that I see in the body, you know, Jack and Destiny, I can just go down the list of people that have begun to step out in faith. And here's what's interesting. None of these people had any of the experience that they're doing when they walked into this. Why? Jesus says, come, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. In other words, when you come follow me, I will equip you for what I've called you to do. Isn't that awesome? So really, the beginning place for your passions and your gifts is recognizing that you can't do it. And then going, "God, I don't know how to do this, but use me." And I tell you what, I know the Lord laughs when he looks at me. There's probably this picture in the Bible dictionary that says <laughs> somebody that I can use anybody. Because when he called me to do this for you guys, I didn't really know what I was doing. And some of y'all say, yeah, you still don't. But that's okay. Seems to be working out, doesn't it? You know why? Because when you love God, he's going to work all that stuff out. He just wants somebody that's willing. Sometimes we can get so smart that we don't listen to him and we start telling him how to do his business. To which I say, how's that working out for you? And yet, God is just looking for a willing heart. He says that in the scripture. I'm just looking for a willing heart. And so, I would challenge you today for sure. Those of you that are saying, I'm not skilled enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not whatever, you're the perfect candidate. You know why? Because you don't have a whole lot of ego about it. You're just willing, and God will pour Himself into you, and you'll be coming to me going, Pastor. I didn't know what I was doing and God did all this stuff and that's because he's flowing through you to all these other people and you're not in the way. It is amazing to me how when I get up here and I'll get done with the service and there are times that I'll walk off and go, I didn't say the best part of it in my notes and that's because God's just speaking through me because he knows you need different things and he's speaking to you about them and he wants to do the same thing through you. So if you don't have experience, that's check mark number one. Praise God. The question is, are you willing? Here's number five. No, I'm sorry, number six. If you aren't engaging your gifts and talents, talents where you find yourself now, could you make sacrifices in your current role to better engage your passions? That word sacrifices is in, is in all caps for a reason. It costs something to serve in the kingdom of God, you guys. But the rewards outweigh the costs immensely. But I want you to understand this. Don't rule out the possibility that where you are is where you need to be. You know, some of you may be saying, you know what? If I didn't have this job, I could come up and work at the church all the time. Or if I didn't have this, I could serve more. Or if I wasn't doing this. Some of you need to understand that God has positioned you strategically where you are. You know, I can see God placing Carol at the, at the school, and she's helping thousands of students find their fulfillment in life. That may be where God has her placed right now. That doesn't mean down the road he won't have something else for her, But we need to bloom where we're planted, and we need to allow God to use us where we are. Bill, you're out working and hitting hammers and nails. You never know what God may be doing in your life to minister to the people around you. God wants to use you where you are. You don't have to wait until you achieve a certain geographic location. God can use you where you are. And he can help you bloom where you're planted. Mad at the store. You never know what God's gonna do. So the question is not, Lord, move me out to some idea that you have. The question really is, Lord, use me where I am. Tommy, you cutting hair, how many times do you have opportunities to love on people? And we do in the different areas, but we need to retrain our thinking and say, God, you have me in this place. What Help me to see people the way that you do. Christy, when they come in the door, Help us, Lord, help us to see people. Help us to walk in literally, literally as your hands and feet. Jimmy, when you're out doing your thing in the the sheriff's department, everywhere we go, we are his hands and feet. And he has placed you in the place where you are, strategically for a reason. Jack, when you're out there going, be his hands and feet. Let people see the love of God in you. It's not about a title and it's not about standing behind this podium. It's about infiltrating this world and being salt and light in this world to a world that's dying. And guys, they're not all in here. They're all out there. And you've heard this said, but it's true. The only Bible many people will ever read is you. The closest some people are ever going to get to Jesus until we get to the other side is you. What do they see? What do they see? Mark, when you're in the jail working with those prisoners, what do they see? Are we allowing him to flow through us? So it may be that your gifts and passions are where you are, and you need to begin to look at things differently and let God minister through you where you are. But we are committed as a church to helping you find that place. Make the phone call. Get up here. Sit down. It may be, Pastor, I don't know what God's calling me to do. We've got, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You know, some of the books I'm reading are so exciting and and I've really come to the conclusion that there are two types of people in the kingdom of God. There there are the, the fans who sit up in the stadium and watch the players play and then there are the players. And God is not calling us to be fans. Jesus did not die on the cross so that you could sit up in the bleachers and watch everybody else He called every one of us to participate. Every one of us. You know, I looked yesterday, I was talking to Kennedy, and (laughs) she's amazing. (laughs) Sorry. Love my kids. But she decided the other day, she goes, Dad, I've decided something. You know, she plays the trumpet. She was first chair in trumpet. And, you know, she's got one hand. And she said, Dad, I've decided something. I said, what's that, Kennedy? She said, I want to learn to play the violin. <laughs> okay. So Trish and I talked about it and said, okay. You know, so she's got a lesson this week. She's going to start learning to play the violin. I can't wait to see the look on the guy's face when he walks in. <laughs> I didn't tell him on purpose. <laughs> I'm going to have a camera. You know? <laughs> I'll show you a picture next week if I remember. But, but here's the deal. She decided that a couple weeks ago. She wanted to start learning to play the violin. I'm sitting down yesterday looking at CNN on the Internet, and there's this article that's on CNN. It says, one-handed violin player changes lives and it's this guy up north somewhere and he his hand looks almost identical to kennedy's and this guy is a world renowned violinist and now he's played everywhere for everybody president and everybody else and now he's going around and he's helping kids achieve their dream and you know what i've learned <laughs> we're all handicapped just most of us our handicaps are not visible And it's what you do with it. (laughs) Kennedy's more active than most of us. And Christy and Ronnie will tell you just tell her no, (laughs) she'll figure it out. But she's decided to embrace the fact that she's different, but she's not gonna let that hold her back and I look at Dylan and I look at all these other people that they we may look at them and see that they're physically handicapped but let me tell you something it is worse it is far worse to be emotionally handicapped than it is to be physically handicapped because we can pretend our whole lives that we're okay when we're not And God is calling us. Jesus is saying, I have come to set you free. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. I know the plans that I have for you. There's this huge preponderance of evidence that's God saying, I sent Jesus to die. I've given you all the tools you need. Come to me. Follow me. Jesus, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be a disciple. I'm a tax collector. Jesus, I don't know how to follow you. I'm a fisherman. Jesus, I, I don't know what to do. I'm a bonehead. <laughs> Jesus, what do I do? And he doesn't give you any prerequisites. He just says, Follow me, and I will make you. It's on him. He just wants to know who's willing. And if Kennedy doesn't have excuses, neither should you or me you know i have this vision in my heart and it happened the first day we walked on the property we were walking in the front door trish and i were walking in marty was right in front of me and i stopped and i looked out there and i could see that sanctuary i could see that building out there in my mind's eye and god said 700 people i said okay didn't matter to me he could have said whatever he wanted to that may not mean 700 people here. That may mean 700 people all around the county. But I want you to understand something. We are called to be catalysts of change for the kingdom of God in this region. This belongs to us. It's true. And we need to stop making excuses. And we need to become the church of the living God where the brokenhearted can get changed where the sick can be made whole. And that's what he's called us to do. And anything else is a failure. And it starts with us and our excuses. Lord, I can't because. So-and-so hurt my feelings. Or this, that, and the other thing happened. We need need to get to the place. Guys, you've heard the term. You need to man up. Ladies, you need to woman up. (laughs) But we need to get to the place where we just come before God and say, Lord, you know my spots, you know my strengths, you know my weaknesses. You said follow me, and I don't even know what all that means, but here I am. Do whatever you want to, and he will. And it'll be more amazing than anything you could have imagined in your whole life. There is nothing more fulfilling than seeing God change a life through you. Nothing. I had a young man walk up to me the other day. Last Sunday I mentioned to you that we're researching Celebrate Recovery and we're talking about introducing a program here to help people beat their addictions and their hurts and their past. We're right in the middle of researching that right now. I'm so excited about what I believe God's gonna do in all this and people in the community are starting to pop up and help and I'm watching God formulate this thing and we're not gonna launch it until we're ready because I don't wanna disappoint all those people who are hanging on to a thread right now. We're not gonna do it until we're ready. But I had a young man stop me this week. He said, pastor, I heard you talking about that. He said, my wife and I wanna be involved. He said, I'm eight years of being meth-free and I wanna help other people. See, there's things out there that we don't even know that God's going and he doesn't know, he just wants to help. And I can just see families and generations getting changed through that young man, one young man who's just willing Jesus, use me. Use me. Colbert, I see that in your job. I just see it, guys, and and, and I think we may sit here and say, well, how can there be 700 people? Who cares how God's going to do it? Well, let me ask you a question. Are there 700 lost people within five minutes of here that need Jesus? Yeah. That's how he's going to do it. And it's just on us to have the heart and the willingness to love people and use our gifts. There's nothing like the body of Christ, says Bill Hybels. There's nothing like the body of Christ when it's operating as the body of Christ. And when we stop being fans and we start being players and we just all put a little bit of what we do in, God takes that and he does this amazing thing. And we all get to be a part of it. And that's what he's calling us to do. So when you want to understand why you are here, you need to understand you are called to be a part of the body of Christ. You are called to be a part of this army, this family that moves together and pushes back the gates of hell. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Instead of us cursing the darkness, let's chase it. them to Jesus here's the point of today's sermon only you can fulfill the specific call for your life why because you're the only one there is see a picture up here what we have hey who's that who's that guys bottom left-hand picture Tigger. Tigger do we have that video Becky how many of you have ever seen Tigger growing up come on let me see your hands all right watch this video I love this video Tiggers, tickers, are wonderful things The tops are made out of the rubber the bottoms are made out of the spring The bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy Fun, 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 fun But the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one The wonderful things about Tiggers is tickers are wonderful chaps get loaded with women with singer They'd love to leap in your lap They jumpy, bumpy, clumpy, clumpy, thumpy, fun, 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 fun But the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one Tiggers are cuddly fellas Tiggers are awfully sweet Everyone else is jealous And that's why I repeat No, the wonderful...
1: About
0: that I'm the only one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what I love about that, when we were talking about this week in Creative Team, he's the only one. He's the only t- And he's just going to be Tiggery. Before you 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 leave, there'll never be another one like you. But you have to learn to be who God's created you to be. To be that person. And let God fulfill his plan for your life. You know, I, I'm convinced that one of the worst things in life would be to look back and have regrets. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have spent more time with my wife. I wish I would have spent more time with my mom or dad. I, I wish I would have served more at church. I wish I would have said such and such. But let me tell you something, folks. Poor God use you. Just reach out and love those around you so that we that and Listen to this playing matters I care so deeply about the want why you're doing what you're doing, then and only then are you operating in a way that allows you to open up obstacles. A quote by Dave Ramsey God has a unique purpose that he desires to carry out in every single person he creates. He's carved a specific and significant path for us all. God's plan for your life is not mysterious or evasive. But walking it likely requires sacrifices. You're guaranteed to gain much more than you give. Read that last sentence God's plan for your life is not mysterious or evasive, but walking it likely requires sacrifices. You're guaranteed to gain much more than you give. When you fulfill the plan that God has for your life, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It may cost you some time. It may even cost you a little bit of money. But I can, I can tell you honestly how many of us could watch a little less TV and be a little okay? Come on. Right? You can record Duck Dynasty. Come on. You can watch that later. <laughs> really, really, y'all? The excuses that we have, if we're honest at the end of the day, they're really not very good, are they? They're really not very good. But it requires a change on our part. So here's the start. Make a phone call up here. Set up a time to come see us. And let's sit down and let's talk about what God may have you doing in your life. And we will start you down that path. And then we're going to watch what God does. And I believe the end result of that is going to be a changed region. You know, something the Lord showed me this week through a book I read, and then I'm gonna close, was this, we not, may not be able to change the country by ourselves, but we can change the code. We can change the area code that we live in. We can change the zip code that we live in, can't we? I may not be able to change what goes on in Little Rock, but I can impact what goes on in Highland. I may not be able to change what goes on in Jonesboro, but I can impact what goes in Hardy. And if we'll begin to look at what we can do instead of what we can't do and then lift this beacon of Jesus up higher, he's gonna change this region and we're all gonna be able to look back years from now and go, that was amazing that I got to be a part of that. But you have to choose. Are you gonna be a fan or are you gonna play? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the unique gift of all these people sitting out here Lord, every one of us has been handcrafted by you. We are all a masterpiece. No mistakes. No mistakes. And Lord, you've got things for each of us to do. And the key is us drawing closer to you in a relationship. And then when you whisper to us and you say, come, follow me, that we do it. Father, for many people here today, I know that the fulfillment in their life, the, the thing they want to experience, maybe they feel unfulfilled and they've, they've tried to fill that up with things or money or relationships or whatever. And it hasn't worked. But you're calling us to come and serve you, to come and follow you. I think it's amazing that you don't tell us exactly what that looks like, but it's an adventure. Like the Hobbit, we don't know where we're going. We just know we're going on an adventure. Father, help us to be stirred up and be brave. That when you call us to step out, to come and follow you, no price is too great. Lord, help us to be those courageous people. And I know as we're here today, there are different people at different places in your life. Maybe you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe in the past you felt like he was saying, come follow me, but you've never made him your Lord. You never received him as your Savior. I want you to know today's your day. He died for you so that you could be free. And he loves you. God loves you. And if you're here today and you know you need to receive him as your savior, you need to make that that step, you need to make that commitment, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to receive Jesus as my savior today. That's you. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've walked away. You, You haven't been following him. You've been doing your own thing. And it's not working. And you're hurting And maybe you're broken. But you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today. Well, let me tell you something, friend. He's not mad at you. God loves you. And he wants you to come home. So if today you want to rededicate your heart to the Lord, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Or if you're here and you're facing some challenges, you've got some things going on in your life, you're facing some storms and you need somebody to just pray with you and stand with you and agree with you in prayer, then today's your day also. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I just need somebody to pray with me. Amen. Well, we've still got a few minutes and we're not in a hurry. This is the most important thing we do every week. If you raised your hand for any reason or you know you needed to, just come down to the altar. I've got the prayer partners coming forward. They're gonna step up here and uh. If you've got any need that you need to pray about, just come forward to the altar and we're just gonna stay in prayer for a few minutes. We've got plenty of time. We're not in a hurry.
1: My heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord. You can use me. And take my hands, Lord, and my feet. And touch my heart, Lord, and speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And take my hands, Lord, and my feet, and touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You don't need majestic choirs With awesome voices raised You don't need a congregation To offer up your praise You don't need a mighty orchestra To bless them with your song You get all of his attention Worship Him alone. You don't need majestic choirs with awesome voices raised. You don't need a congregation to offer Him your praise. You don't need a mighty orchestra to bless him with a song you get all of his attention when you worship him alone Your name, Lord, I praise you, Lord. I glorify your name. And if the sun says, I won't rise, if dark clouds fill my skies, Lord, just know that I. I will always give you praise, and when trouble's on his way, I will always say, no matter come what may, I will always give you praise. You don't need my majestic choirs with awesome voices raised. You don't need a congregation to offer Him your praise. You don't need a mighty orchestra to bless Him with a song. You get all of His attention when you worship Him alone.
0: was just telling me he said you know Lord was speaking to him he said in the Bible he he used cowards he used a jackass one time he used a whale he used women he used men he used children Jesus had the children coming God God is just looking for us to step out and be available And I want you to know this Lord was speaking to me something a minute ago there are many of you that are facing heartbreak and you're facing challenges And our natural inclination when challenges come into our life is that we do this, don't we? And we lock ourselves away, go hide in our cave and wait for things to get better. And here's, here's the word for you today. Instead of doing that, serve. Serve. You say, Pastor, how does that even make sense? I don't know. All I know is that when challenges come and trials come, Your natural inclination is to do this. But when you begin to step out and serve, you're expressing and exercising your faith. And you're saying, God, regardless of what my circumstances are, I'm going to serve you anyway. And he will meet you there. And he will take care of your problem. And here's what's amazing about that. And I know there's people in this room that I've seen God do that to. I look at Jack recovering. He's doing great. Getting fat again. (laughs) Recovering from his cancer. (laughs) <laughs> but he's out serving And they're already out doing the food ministry again and, and, and all those excuses we have You know, Lord, I don't feel like it Lord, you know what I'm facing Yeah, you know what? Jesus was facing a whole lot too, wasn't he? He was facing a whole lot And he sacrificed that And he said, Lord, not my will, your will be done And look at the end result that's happened And he's calling us to do the same thing Sometimes we serve in the midst of our pain And he helps us out of that. Somehow he does a miracle and changes us in the middle of that. So there are no excuses. There are none. Surrender and serve. Father, I pray today that you would touch us. Lord, let's all stand this morning. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your truth. I thank you for this family, Lord. I, I, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I pray, Father, that as we draw closer to you, we would make that commitment. And the answer to the question of why am I here is to draw closer to you and serve you. And that's where we're gonna find our fulfillment. Lord, help us to surrender to you. Fulfill your plans in our lives. Help us to be a people that you look at and smile on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you leave today, remember tonight, encounter at 5.30. We're going to eat, and then uh, we're going to have a good time of praise and worship and prayer. God bless you as you go.